Hey friends, welcome to episode 136 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift. Welcome to the show today. I'm so glad that you're listening in. And what does hope look like when we're called into dark places to share it? That is a fierce calling. And this episode today is powerful. And although we're talking about Jesus, we're also talking about subject matter that is not suitable for little ears. So you may want to listen in later if you have littles in the car or around you right now. My guest this week is Rachel Starr. She's the founder of Scarlet Hope, a nonprofit ministry bringing the gospel of hope to women in the adult entertainment industry. Rochelle is the author of Outrageous Obedience, Answering God's Call to Shine in the Darkest Places. And it all started when she was 23 and dared to pray for God to give her a people and a purpose. It takes outrageous obedience to answer when God calls us into the darkest places imaginable. And I know what Rochelle shares will encourage, inspire, and challenge you. So please share this episode with others and listen in while I have a chat with Rochelle Starr. go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Welcome back. I am excited today for the show. My guest is Rochelle Starr. She is the author of Outrageous Obedience, Answering God's Call to Shine in the Darkest Places, amazing. She is a female ministry leader as well as a pastor's kid, mother and wife, and she offers a unique perspective for believers. Her stories are radical and encouraging and with a consistent reminder that it doesn't take a radical to have risk-taking faith. And I love that so much. It only takes outrageous obedience to God's calling. And we're going to be talking about that today. After feeling called into a strip club to share the gospel at age 23, Rochelle founded Scarlet Hope, a national ministry that shares Christ's love with women in the adult entertainment industry. And now she discusses how radical faith begins with following God's call, even into dark places. So I can't wait to get into this conversation. Welcome to the show, Rochelle. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited about this because your book, Outrageous Obedience, that just draws you in right away. And I would love if you would share a little bit about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Mm, I love that. Yeah. uh, Outrageous Obedience is God's story through me and through what the Lord has called me to do. But a little bit about me, I am uh, a mother to two little boys, a nine-year-old and a two-year-old. I've been married for 18 years. 
And I founded and started my ministry in 2007 uh, in Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky. And so that's where we're headquartered. Our mission at Scarlet Hope is to share the hope and love of Jesus with women in the adult entertainment industry. And where my um, conviction and my passion meet and my calling meet are at the the, the best way I can describe this to you is where the great commission, where Jesus has called us to go, to go, my conviction to go out of the church walls, out of our seats, out of our comfort zone, into the dark to bring the gospel so that others can have hope and freedom in Christ is, is where that meets and how um, I'm living that out through the ministry of Scarlet Hope. So um, I, I'm glad to be here and I'm excited to talk to you more about that. Amen. That's amazing. I love all that you just said, you know, and so I wondered now you were 23 when you felt this call. So how did that happen? What were you doing before that? And how did you kind of lead into this? Yeah, I was actually um, coming from a pastor's home. Uh, I talk about this in the book. I came from a very interesting um, perspective. As a child, I watched my parents love the unlovely. That's the easiest way to put it. But growing up, my parents were a great example of what how to live out like Jesus. So having um, homeless people around our table, having foster children in our home, having a variety of people in and throughout our life was my example. So fast forward, I'm, I get married at 21. Um, my husband was working on staff at a church. I'm starting to ask myself what everybody asks themselves. What am I here for? What is my purpose? God, is there a plan for me, specific plan? And I started praying every day on my way to work. Sounds so holy, but this was just mm -hmm. my conviction. Honestly, the Holy Spirit did it, not me. And I would pray on my way to work. Lord, give me a people and give me a purpose. I'm here wherever you want to send me. And my husband was on board. He said he knew I was wrestling with that. I worked in corporate America, was climbing a lovely corporate ladder, if you will, in advertising and marketing and um, still unsettled, still, still wholly discontented in my, in where I was. So I'm driving down the road. I'm 23 years old and I pass a theater X mm -hmm. and I'd passed it a hundred, 200 times before. And I heard the Holy Spirit this particular day impress upon my heart, Rochelle, those I'm sending you over there to share my hope and my love with those people. And I knew it was from him. It was nothing. It was nowhere on my radar. Not my idea. God was sending me to bring the gospel to the sex industry. Wow. That is so powerful. And when you think about it too, you're reaching the women in there, but also the men that are in there, you've got the managers, the bouncers, you know, the, the DJ people, whatever, witnessing what God is doing. And we were talking a little bit about before the show about the fact that I had also been on a team that goes into the strip clubs and doesn't it just feel like it's a beam of Jesus light going right through the dark. It's kind of amazing, yeah. isn't it? So tell me about how did this begin when you first, okay, you were called to it, but then you kind of had to pray for some kind of an open door, right? So how did that come about? Yeah. So I asked the Lord. So immediately, as soon as the Lord impressed that upon my heart, I called my husband. I said, 
he's finally answered me. God's answered me. He's sending me to share his hope and love with women in the sex industry. And my husband immediately said, that's exactly what Jesus would do. I told my best friend, she said, wherever you want to go, I'll go with you. So all I knew to do at that exact moment, the only piece of the puzzle was pray where to go. What does it look like? And, and when, you know, when Lord, were you going to open the door? So 18 months, we prayed and fasted on Tuesday nights outside of all the strip clubs in our area. And we did this, we did prayer drives on Tuesday nights and we would ask God, open a door, pray for that. We would pray for the people in there. What, what is our next move? And so we did this for 18 months. And then I heard the Lord say, it's time to go. Stop praying, stop researching. It's time to go now. And so we went into our first uh, strip club and did not have an agenda, by the way. I did not know what to do. I was just, Lord, you're going to give us the next step. And uh, paid $10 to get in the door. It was best $10 investment I've ever spent in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Holy Spirit really moved in that place for us and, and prompted me to go speak to a man that I had never met before who ended up being the owner of the club. And I asked, I, this was all that came out of my mouth. I was like, Holy Spirit, pr- you know, speak through me. He said, I, he threw me, I said, Jesus has sent us here to do something kind and loving for the people in this place. Can we bring in a home cooked meal? And that surprised me, but it also surprised him. <laughs> and he said, what's the catch? And I said, there is no catch. We want to love people right where they're at, like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, when can you come in? So that started our ministry in 2008. That is so exciting. You know, and then because then you're ministering to them physically and with a with a warm meal and then spiritually as the hands and feet of Jesus bringing that warm meal in. Wow, that is really cool. But I love to to point out here how you were talking about preparation. Once you heard the call, you didn't jump right into it kind of ahead of when the actual right time was that God had ordained for this to begin. So you began with preparing with prayer and fasting. It reminds me of Esther, how she called her people to uh, fast. And so then you did this, you went in there. And when did you actually bring the meal? So we packed it up that we went on a Tuesday and we packed, it was on Thursday night. We met at my house. We made the best Italian meal we could ever make. Cause mm-hmm. I'm Italian by the way, and I love Italian food. So I was like, this is what I know how to make. So we made a huge Italian meal and we brought it down to the club on a Thursday night. And so literally two days after he said, yes. And I said, Hey, we're going to show up at eight 30. Is that okay? With a, with food, um, Thursday night. And he said, absolutely. And so we did, we did what we said we were going to do. And from that Thursday, the first Thursday in September of 2008, we've served strip clubs meals every Thursday since that meal. Um, and just began to build trust and, and get to know the women and not to get them out of there, but to introduce them to Jesus, because Jesus can change. Jesus is the one that changes everything else. Mm, right. Right. Um, but now the, the ministry has morphed into beautiful programs that help support 
women um, in their journey. Yeah. I love that. I'm Italian too, by the way. So, oh yeah, <laughs> it sounds amazing. And you know, you brought that hearty meal in. And so then you started to build these relationships, which is so important because sometimes people are very turned off about talking about Jesus. You know, they feel like they're a project that we're trying to, you know, check off a box. Like how many people can I save today where it's not really us saving anybody. It's really the Lord that does that. But I, you know, and it's so special how you brought out it's changing hearts. So you're going in there and loving them unconditionally, which is probably something many of those women have never experienced before, you know, because there's a lot of women there that have struggled in different areas of their lives. And then you bring them this meal and they get to know you. Was there something about Thursday? Do all the different ministries of Scarlet Hope, do they do they do it on a certain night at the same time? Yeah, that's a great question. So we actually were doing it on Thursday and Friday night. So we did it on Thursday nights mm -hmm. and the owner said, Hey, like there's a whole bunch of women that really hear about this on Thursday, but they only work on Friday and Saturday. Could you guys come in on Friday? To make a very long story short, we did that for many years, but realized the best day to meet the most amount of women and serve the most amount of women without it being very, very busy and unproductive was Thursday. And so that just kind of stuck and all across the nation, our teams go into strip clubs, serving home-cooked meals, dessert or gifts or something like that um, on Thursdays. Mm, that is cool too. I bet there's a lot of women that had said, I want to change my schedule <laughs> to work on they Thursday. They always do. They always do. Actually tonight, it's Thursday. So tonight I will go into the clubs tonight and I will inevitably hear out of someone's mouth, I changed my schedule last week so that I could be here on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool and amazing and sweet how how the Lord just has given so much favor to you and your team going in there and how they're actually inviting you to come in, you know, instead of saying, well, stay out. We don't want you messing this up. You know, it's like they are yeah. seeing a genuine love and a genuine care and compassion, not something that's going to try to abruptly change what they're doing because it's really the heart change that you're going in there for. That is yeah. so beautiful. I love that. Yeah. So you have several different Scarlet Hope because I don't think I mentioned, did I mention that? Yeah, that you're the founder of Scarlet Hope, um, that ministry. And so where, uh, where are all the different locations? I know you have several different locations that this ministry has bloomed in. Yeah, the Lord has provided opportunities to plant 10 Scarlet Hope locations around the country. And we're looking at planting a total of between 20 and 25. Mm -hmm. But then we've been able to train up organizations in 41 states. But the Scarlet Hope locations obviously headquartered in Louisville, Kentucky. We're in Nashville, uh, three cities in Ohio, Las Vegas, Reno, Miami, Orlando, Denver, Colorado, um, Am I missing any? <laughs> uh, the Lord, oh, Atlanta. Atlanta's our newest one and um, soon to be LA. So, you know, we go where we can compliment. There's a lot of work being done. Beautiful work. 
uh, being done in this space. Mm-hmm. And the the care of spectrum for exploited and trafficked people, as you know, mm-hmm. is very vast. So we have um, we have been able to go into cities where our what God has called us to specifically. Mm-hmm is not necessarily happening. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it's pretty cool. We, we've been able to really, uh, grow some beautiful partners in the world with, in this space. And I love it. I love every day of what I get to do. Yeah. It's so cool to how God puts people together and has called those with like hearts for this type of ministry, knowing that this is the works that he prepared in advance, you know, for, for you to do. So tell us if you can, maybe a story or something from the book. Again, the book is Outrageous Obedience, Answering God's Call to Shine in the Darkest Places. Do you have like maybe a, a story you like to share that was in the book? Sure. Um, One of my favorite stories when I, especially for your podcast, when people are coming to your podcast to listen about your calling and where that intersects in the life. One of the things that I believe God does when we discover our calling is he does things along the way to affirm our calling. So um, I can tell you from the moment that God called me to this and said, go there, I have never doubted for a second what it was that he was calling me to do. It's been hard to stay focused on that, but I've never doubted it. So 2009, we're in the clubs. I had no intention of starting a 501c3 or ministry organization. Every time we would go into the clubs, because I knew um, women had been hurt by the church and Christians and they were not a project. I would just say like, they would go, what catering company are you with? Or (laughs) what restaurant are you with? And I'd go, Hey, I'm not here. I'm literally, my name's Rochelle. I'm here because God sent us here. I love, I love Jesus. And I want you to know he loves you too. So this would go on and on and on. But eventually we were being met with women that had very real needs. And so, um, in 2009, uh, my church said, we would like to support you getting your own 501c3. And I said, what is a 501c3? I have no idea what you're even talking about. And so he, they, they said, well, we're going to help you do it. It's to make your own nonprofit. I said, well, let me pray about it. Let me think about it. I still couldn't really wrap my brain around it. Mm Fast forward, a guy comes up to me. He said, I'm a CPA. I heard what you're doing. I'd love to do all of the filings for you. Um, let's talk. I said, great. He said, what would you name this organ, this ministry that you're doing? I said, I don't have a name. And I honestly didn't really want a name. So a couple of weeks go by, he's filling out the paperwork for us. And he calls me up and he says, Rochelle, do you have a name? I said, to be honest, I don't have a name. I really don't. He said, well, you need to pray about this because I don't want this to hinder the work that the Lord's going to do. I think he could do great things through a nonprofit ministry. So that night I was praying, it was a Sunday night, I was praying and I was reading scripture and I was reading where in Matthew, where they stripped Jesus of his clothing and they mocked and they beat him and they put a scarlet robe on him. And in that moment, when I was reading, it hit me. The blood of Christ, which represents the scarlet robe, covers 
all of our sin, not just a little bit of our sin, not just your sin, not just my sin. It covers everyone's sin. And, and that is where we find hope is in his blood, right? So this whole story came to life for me. I ran into my husband's office and I said, the name of the ministry is Scarlet Hope because there's hope in the blood of Jesus. And he said, my husband does branding and marketing. And he said, let's pray about that. I don't know. <laughs> so fast forward Thursday morning or Thursday afternoon, we're packing up, we're getting our food ready to go to the clubs that week. And uh, we're in the club. We had brought the best meal I think to date we've ever brought mac and cheese, fried chicken, rolls, pecan pie, the whole nine yards. And I see a woman across the room, across the strip club. It's loud. The lights are going. And I see her with a blue sweater on. It's hanging off her shoulder with a bag on her shoulder. And I didn't know if she was a customer. I didn't know if she was a dancer. I didn't know who she was, but I was prompted to go over to her. And I went over to her and I said, would you like something to eat? And she immediately said to me, how much does it cost? I said, it's free. She said, that's so weird. She said, I actually came up here because I have five children that have not eaten in a week. And some guy at the grocery store or the convenience store where I was begging told me you should just go work at the strip club. So she came over here to the strip club just so she could make money to go back and buy groceries for her children. And, and, and when she came up to the club, the owner said, Hey, you got to interview. That means you got to take off all of your clothes and dance for me. Well, she had never done that before. So before she knows it, the owner's like, you're not, it, this isn't going to work out if you can't do it. So go, you, you should go to the bar. She goes to the bar, she gets drunk, she comes back, and this is where our world intersects. So she comes back in to, to interview for him, and I that's where I went up to her and said, would you like something to eat? So when I br bring her over and she's telling me this story and we get her something to eat, she looks at me without a single, a single beat and says, will you pray for me? Now, the funny part of the story, or maybe not the funny part of the story, but the funny part of the story is she looks at me and my best friend that was with me said, she's, if she eats too fast, she's probably going to throw up. Mm. Well, little did I know the next thing I know, she's scooping the mac and cheese into her mouth. She's so hungry when she sees the food. She turns to me as I begin to pray with her and she throws up all down the front of me without a single, we didn't even get cleaned up. She grabs my hands and starts crying out to God to save her. And in the middle of the strip club, lights are all around. The music is, is, is so loud. The DJ's up in his booth. We're in the middle of the club. She's crying out to God and she drops to her knees and starts praying for God to, to, so she doesn't have to do this and to give her hope. And so I'm on the floor with her and I'm thinking, we're going to probably get kicked out of here. I don't know what this looks like, but it doesn't probably look normal for a strip club, right? Yeah. So the next few minutes go by, she stands up very sober minded and looks at me and she says, I met Jesus here tonight and I'm not going to do this. And I said, let's pack up all the food for you. Let's get you, you know, we can help get you home. The owner taps her on her shoulder and says, you're not going to, this is definitely not the place for you to work. I've called you a cab. So she gets into, so should we pack up all the food? We walk her out 
And the whole time walking out, she's telling me, I have so much hope now. And we get her in the cab and I just briefly looked at her and I said, I don't even know your name. And she goes, my name is Scarlett. Oh. And in that exact moment, I knew I was standing on holy ground, that God was there and that he was present and saying, Rochelle, this, I did come for them. I love them. And I want you right there. This is where I've called you to be. I just, I'm speechless. Wow. What an encounter. What an amazing encounter with Jesus right there. And Amen. You know, and, and who knows who was actually really witnessing that, who, you know, was in the club that saw this and there was a ripple effect and that is so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. I just, I'm just yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know what to say now. <laughs> that is just <laughs> awesome. But wow. So I, I'm just so excited about getting the word out about the ministry. And if we have any women that are listening right now who are feeling called to this, maybe thinking, wow, I didn't even know this was a thing, or I don't know how I would get involved in such a thing. What should they do? One, I, I would never start this conversation without saying pray, 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 pray. Where are you called? And if it is to something like this, who around you is, where is God working that you can join? It doesn't always have to be, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be Scarlet Hope, mm -hmm. but in your city, there's great work going on. Uh, and so is, if there's nothing, is God calling you to start something or is God calling you to join something? Yeah. So research, find out who's doing something and then join in, join what God's already doing. Love that. So much. So Rochelle, if someone wants to reach out to you and find your book, how can they connect with you? Yeah. I mean, obviously social media is super powerful, but our website is scarlethope.org. My website is rochellestar.co and both social media, the Scarlet Hope or rochellestar.co. I'd love to connect with anybody there and you can find out so much more information on both of those websites. Amazing. And I will have those links in the show notes so people can find you and check this out and grab your book. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today on this very special Thursday that we're recording this. Um, usually my episodes come out on a Tuesday, but we are recording on Thursday, which is not, I don't think by any accident. <laughs> I don't either. So, yeah. I love that. So that's awesome. So you will be going out tonight. So can I just pray for you? Mm, I'd love that. Thank you so much. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the call that you have on each one of our lives and that we can walk in obedience, Lord God, and, and that we can be risk takers. And Lord, from the time that you put this ministry on the heart of Rochelle and all the preparation and the prayer and the fasting, Lord God, we thank you that you had revealed that this is where you want her to be and you have continually confirmed it, Lord. And so I thank you for my sister in Christ who is going out tonight with her team. We pray, Lord, for the women who are already going to be eating this delicious meal, Lord, that they would seek from this ministry, Lord, and from hearing about you, Jesus, they would seek the bread of life for themselves, that they would have that personal relationship and that 
that's what the mission is about, Lord. And so we thank you so much. We praise you, Lord, that you have provided uh, protection around them as they go out, that you've provided favor for them as they go out. And we know, Lord, that if it is something that you have ordained, you will you will equip whoever you call, Lord, in this. And so I thank you so much, and we give you all the praise and glory and honor for all the things that you are doing, and may it all be to your glory. And we just thank you so much for all the women that you have touched their lives and continue to do in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, friend. And so I hope to have you on again sometime. Absolutely. Anytime. That would be awesome. Okay. Well, you uh, take care and we will talk soon. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. And this episode was so amazing. What about that story that Rochelle talked about and told us and shared of how Scarlet Hope's name was confirmed. Was that not powerful? I thought that Rochelle was going to say something like, you know, the um, the scarlet cord that Rahab put in the window that she was instructed to put in the window or something totally different. But that story about that woman, what are the odds of that woman's name being Scarlet? No, it was not a coincidence at all. It was God, and he was affirming that name and that calling and purpose on Rochelle's life. I love how she said, Lord, give me a people and give me a purpose. I'm here wherever you want to send me. That is what she prayed. And friends, we can be that brave too, to pray that prayer. And she also said one of the things that I believe God does when we discover our calling is he does things along the way to affirm our calling. So true. So check out the show notes, check out Rochelle's book and be sure to pick up a copy. And friend, I hope you join me next time when I talk with another kingdom worker who's taking action where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week and I'll talk to you soon.